Welcome to The Mind Renewed. They're so worried that they've got to take over down here the direction of where it's going and get a one world system together, get rid of nationalities and get one government, one religion so we won't have war. That's the effort of man to bring about his own salvation. Hello, this is Julian Charles of themindrenewed.com, podcasting to you from the depths of the Lancashire countryside here in the UK. And welcome to the very first episode of The Mind Renewed. Now, sometimes when podcasts are just starting, a lengthy introduction is given to help listeners get a feel for what's in store. But I'm one of those people who's not really very keen on that. I'd rather just listen and get the idea as I go along. So if you'd like to hear a little more about my vision for The Mind Renewed, as it stands at the moment, I invite you to go over to the audio blogs tab and listen to audio blog number one, Welcome to The Mind Renewed. But if you're at all like me and... Basically, you just can't be bothered with that. Well, I invite you simply to keep on listening. Episode number one. Proof at last. Jesus was married. It will probably not have escaped your attention that on September the 18th this year, the media was happily running with a story about a tiny fragment of papyrus which had been discovered, that perhaps just perhaps, had something to say about Jesus having a wife. The story apparently broke in the New York Times with the headline, A faded piece of papyrus refers to Jesus' wife. And then, of course, it was quickly picked up by various other media outlets. New evidence from an ancient text that suggests Jesus may have been married. NBC's Ann Thompson has this story, and good morning to you. This is a can of worms. <laughs> it is. Watch out for the lightning bolts that are sure to strike us, Savannah. This is a mystery. Who wrote it, when, and why? All those questions are still unanswered. But a Harvard professor says she knows what it says. A Harvard University professor has discovered a fragment of papyrus that suggests Jesus may have been married. Karen King, an expert in the history of Christianity, says the 4th century fragment of papyrus is a copy of a gospel, probably written in Greek. She says it contains a dialogue where Jesus refers to his wife, identified as Mary. And an intriguing scrap of paper, smaller than a business card, is reigniting an age-old religious debate. Did Jesus have a wife? Well, a Harvard scholar has just revealed that a faded piece of papyrus written in the Coptic language 400 years after Jesus died contained the phrase, Jesus said to them, my wife, whom he identified as Mary. It goes on to say she will be able to be my disciple. Karen King, the Harvard professor, is now asking other experts to weigh in on what it could all mean. Guessing a few other people might weigh in on that. The piece of paper, 1.5 by 3 inches. There has been for centuries debate about whether Mary Magdalene was mm -hmm. married to Jesus because the Gnostic Gospels, a whole other series of Gospels, claim in fact that was true. It would have been very unusual for a man in that time, a Jewish man, to be married. But they're almost certain that this is not a fake. At least no, they believe it's real. Yeah, right. That's right. right. It's going to add a lot of fuel to the debate. Thank you so much, Amy. Sure. Now, you might be wondering why I'm bothering to talk about this because it's pretty clear that even if this fragment does turn out to be genuine, and at the moment that doesn't look very likely, 
it doesn't actually have anything to say about the historical person Jesus of Nazareth at all, as some of those news articles, to be fair to them, did go on to say. But the reason why I do want to say something is because there may well be some people who read the headlines on that day who were left feeling a little uneasy, who maybe feel that this fragment somehow challenges what the church has always assumed, that in this case Jesus was not married, and that perhaps this whole business might tend to undermine the trustworthiness of the tradition on which Christianity is founded. If the church got this wrong, maybe it got everything else wrong as well. So let's just look at what this was really all about. The story originated with a historian of early Christianity at Harvard Divinity School, Professor Karen King, a very well-known academic, who has in her possession this fragment of papyrus, it's very tiny, only four centimetres by eight centimetres, written in Sahidic Coptic. Now, Coptic script, as I understand it, is essentially Egyptian, but written in the Greek alphabet. And according to the New York Times, Professor King had been given this fragment in 2011 to translate it by a private collector of ancient manuscripts, who apparently doesn't want to be identified because they don't want to be visited by loads of people asking to buy it. She then took the fragment to various other experts to look at it, and the consensus of opinion among those experts at least as of the 18th of September 2012, was that, quote, it is highly probable that the fragment is an ancient text, unquote. And indeed, if you visit the Harvard Divinity School website, they're still saying, as of today, the 26th of October, that they think this fragment is ancient. And Professor King made this public at the International Congress of Coptic Studies in Rome. Now, what makes this interesting, of course, is what it says or what it seems to say. So here's how it actually reads. And here I'm reading from the actual draft article by Karen King, which was provisionally accepted for publication in the Harvard Theological Review, entitled, Jesus said to them, my wife, a new Coptic gospel papyrus. And there are eight line fragments on one side, and six line fragments on the other, and only some of them are translatable, but those that are translatable read as follows. Side number one. Line 1. Not to me, my mother gave to me life. Line 2. The disciples said to Jesus. 3. Deny, Mary is worthy of it. Or alternatively, deny, Mary is not worthy of it. 4. Jesus said to them, my wife. 5. She will be able to be my disciple. 6. Let wicked people swell up. 7. As for me... I dwell with her in order to... 8. An image. And then side number 2. Line 1. My mother. 2. 3. 3. Dot, dot, dot. 4. Fourth witch. And that is it. And what's interesting, of course, is particularly line 4 on the first side. Jesus said to them, My wife... And, of course, the mention of Mary, who is presumably Mary Magdalene, and the statement that she, again, presumably Mary Magdalene, will be able to be my disciple. But the key phrase, or part phrase, is, of course, Jesus said to them, my wife. And that's what got the media all buzzing about this. The Guardian. The Jesus wife papyrus reveals another version of the Christian story. Examiner.com. Did Jesus have a wife? 
So says an ancient Egyptian papyrus. ABC News. Was Jesus married? Ancient papyrus mentions his wife. But you know, I think it was the Mail Online that won the buzzing prize. Proof Jesus was married, found on an ancient papyrus that mentions how Son of God spoke of his wife and Mary Magdalene. Now, to be fair, the word proof there is put in inverted commas, so if you're reading it carefully, you'll realise straight away it's not proof. But if you're not reading it carefully, which I suspect might be, well, true of some people, then you could be forgiven for thinking that it was really saying, proof, Jesus was married, found on an ancient papyrus. Which is, of course, why they did it. But what's funny is that the very next day, because of the avalanche of doubts coming from academics all over the world, they had to publish a new article with the headline, Ancient papyrus that proves Jesus was married declared a forgery, unconvincing and suspicious by historical experts. And whereas the previous day their caption accompanying an image of the papyrus had read, Explosive! The ancient papyrus that apparently proves that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. Now their caption under the very same image the very next day had to be changed to Explosive! Yes, still explosive, apparently. I'm not quite sure why, but yes, still explosive. Explosive, the ancient papyrus that was said to prove that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. And who was it who said this apparently proves that Jesus was married? Well, of course, it was them. Certainly not Professor Karen King herself. In this 4th century fragment of a book written in the Coptic language, we have a new, previously unknown gospel. Eight lines on the front, six lines on the back. The most exciting line in the whole fragment, however, is the sentence, Jesus said to them, to his disciples that is, Jesus said to them, my wife. What this does not mean is that Jesus had a wife. It's not evidence for us historically that Jesus had a wife. It's quite clear evidence, in fact, that some Christians probably in the second half of the second century, that's between about 150 and 200 AD, thought that Jesus had a wife. So what was that? Let's just be clear about that. What this does not mean is that Jesus had a wife. It's not evidence for us historically that Jesus had a wife. Now, leaving aside the Mail Online's ridiculous headlines, which I just couldn't resist having a go at, and Karen King's far more modest claims about this fragment, let's just pause for a moment to ask a couple of questions. What was supposedly so sensational about this anyway? Would it really have been so shocking if Jesus had been married? Well, the first thing I want to say is that, in itself, it actually doesn't bother me whether Jesus was married or not. And frankly, I don't think it bothers the vast majority of Christians I know. In fact, to be quite honest, I quite like the idea. Secondly, I can't think of any theological reason why Jesus should not have been married if he wanted to be. Speaking as a Christian, I would still say he would still have been the Son of God, he would still have gone to the cross to bring people back to fellowship with God, and he would still have risen from the dead. I don't see that any of those theological statements, or any others I can think of, would be affected whatsoever by his having been married. So the question to my mind is entirely an historical one. Was he, as a matter of fact, married? And I have to say, I think the answer is probably no. As the theologian Dr Mark Roberts explains in his excellent article, 
Was Jesus Married? A careful look at the real evidence, a link to which you will find in the episode notes, as with all the items I refer to in this podcast. Quote, Whenever the New Testament Gospels refer to Jesus' natural relatives, they speak only of his father, mother and siblings, but never of a wife. Although almost all scholars of all religious persuasions take this as strong evidence of the singleness of Jesus, a few have proposed that, in fact, Jesus was married. In 1970, for example, William E. Phipps published Was Jesus Married? The Distortion of Sexuality in the Christian Tradition. In this book, Phipps argues that the silence of the New Testament about the marital status of Jesus indicates that Jesus was in fact married. Why? Because virtually every Jewish man in Jesus' day did marry, especially those who were considered to be rabbis. One major problem with this argument among several is that it makes no room for an exception. Jesus was not required by law, either governmental or religious, to marry. And though he was in many ways a normal Jewish man, in other ways he was utterly unusual. If, when he reached the age at which young men in his day married, Jesus and his family realised that he had a special calling which would make marriage quite difficult, then he could surely have remained single. Yes, this would have been perceived as an unusual, even a countercultural choice, but then Jesus never shied away from the unusual or countercultural, especially when it came to his relationships with women. Unquote. So was he married? I don't think so. I neither dislike the idea, nor can I think of any theological reason why he shouldn't have been married. I just don't think, as a matter of historical fact, that he was. And as we heard, Karen King herself isn't even making that claim anyway. The most that it would tell us, if it turns out to be genuine, is that some group of people, with some kind of attachment to the figure of Jesus, perhaps as early as the second half of the second century, perhaps speculated that Jesus was married. And that, really, is all that could be gleaned from it. But actually, perhaps even that much is going too far. Some scholars, like New Testament professor Ben Witherington, say that, if it's genuine, well, then the word wife might not actually mean what we think it means after all. Yes, it mentions a wife of Jesus. It also mentions the mother of Jesus as well. It mentions someone named Mary. So presumably this is Mary Magdalene. And for very good reasons, people have thought, well, this seems to be yet another Gnostic document. What do we need to know about that? Well, the Gnostics were not interested in the historical Jesus. They were interested in the post-crucifixion risen Jesus and the teachings that he gave, according to them, post-mortem, after the resurrection, as the exalted Jesus, whether he was on earth or giving further teachings from heaven. So they're not really interested in whether the historical Jesus was actually married or not. They're interested in the relationship Jesus developed with his disciples after Easter and his teachings that they believe that he may have given after Easter. That's point number one. Karen King from Harvard is very careful to say, and I would entirely agree, this probably tells us nothing about the Jew known as Jesus from Nazareth. It tells us nothing about the historical Jesus. But what it does tell us is that one of these heretical offshoots called Gnosticism thought that they should talk about the wife of Jesus. But does that mean that they thought Jesus was actually married and they were simply historically wrong? Well, The problem is that in Gnostic literature, the Gnostics portray themselves as ascetics. 
What do I mean by that? I mean they were portrayed as people who saw holiness as associated with abstaining from sex, abstaining from have sec having sexual relationships. They were part of a larger ascetical movement that we also see in Christian monasteries in the third and fourth and fifth century and nunneries as well. Their theology was ascetical. So does wife actually mean wife? Well, there's this whole other tradition that, in fact, there were monks who were went around with what were called sister wives. Well, who are these people? These are disciples of these monks who travel with the monk, and they cook, and they clean, and they take care of the monk, and they do the usual things that a marital partner would do, except it's a chaste relationship, and it's even called sister wife in the literature of early monasticism. So the word wife may not mean what we would normally mean by wife in this Gnostic literature. It may simply mean a sister who travels with me as a wife and performs some of the wifely duties a wife would perform, but not with sexual intimacy. In other words, it would be a platonic or chaste relationship. We don't know because we don't have any context. It is a throwaway line. Jesus says, my wife, dot, 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 and we don't know anymore. But he also says apparently about the same thing, my disciple. This person is my disciple. Now, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with Ben Witherington. I'm not saying I disagree. The reason why I included that quote is just to show that there have been many questions about this fragment right from the beginning. And indeed, there have been and continue to be serious doubts about its genuineness. In fact, the Associated Press, the very next day, sampled numerous reactions from scholars who'd attended that same International Congress of Coptic Studies in Rome. For example, Stephen Emmel, Professor of Coptology at the University of Munster. There's something about this fragment in its appearance and also in the, the grammar of the Coptic that strikes me as being not completely convincing somehow. And I was very pleased to hear yesterday that uh, Professor King, who is the... Uh, the, the teacher who's at Harvard who's publishing this text has the intention of trying to get a chemical analysis of the ink uh, in order to uh, verify whether or not it is really ancient or uh, whether or not it might be a modern composition. They also spoke to Coptic linguist Wolf-Peter Funk. There are thousands of scraps of papyrus where you find crazy things. It can be anything. They spoke to Alan Suchu, I don't know how you pronounce that name, but that's how it looks to me, a papyrologist at the University of Hamburg. I would say it's a forgery. The script doesn't look authentic. David Gill, Professor of Archaeological Heritage at University Campus Suffolk. There are all sorts of really dodgy things about this. This looks to me as if any sensible, responsible academic would keep their distance from it. And since then? Well, so far, it seems to have been pretty much the same. A continual stream of cold water being poured on this supposedly explosive discovery, so that by now, it's looking much more like a damp squib. Professor Francis Watson of Durham University very quickly produced a paper called The Gospel of Jesus' Wife, How a Fake Gospel Fragment Was Composed. Quote, The papyrus fragment itself may well be very old, the question is whether the ink is also old. I argue that the Gospel of Jesus' wife fragment may be a modern fake. 
virtually all of its individual phrases are taken directly from the Coptic version of the Gospel of Thomas, the best known and most complete of the ancient Gospel texts that have come to light over the past century or so. The author has used a kind of collage technique to assemble the items selected from Thomas into a new composition. While this is a very unlikely way for an ancient author to compose a text, it's what might be expected of a modern forger with limited facility in the Coptic language, unquote. And Professor Leo Dupuit of Brown University apparently says pretty much the same kind of thing in an article which is soon to be published. Quote, There is no doubt in my mind whatsoever that the text is a patchwork of words and phrases from the published and well-known Coptic Gospel of Thomas. It is therefore clear that the text is not an independent literary composition at all, unquote. And I could go on, but I shan't, because I think enough has been said to show that it's not looking too good for this scrap of papyrus. It's looking decidedly like it's a modern forgery. Of course, only time will tell. But for the moment, the Harvard Theological Review has decided to delay publication of Karen King's article so that the results of further tests on the fragment can be included in the publication. So maybe the fragment is a fake. Probably. But then again, maybe not. Maybe it's genuine. But even if it is, however interesting that might be to papyrologists and Coptic linguists and the like, it tells us nothing new about Jesus whatsoever. So isn't there something sad about the way this was all handled? Not by everyone, but by so many in the media that journalists who by and large don't know anything much about early Christian history and editors who are under pressure to get sensational stories published so as to boost those failing readership numbers can, by what they publish, give the impression that everything we think we know about Jesus is in fact fundamentally in doubt. I think that's sad because it's not true. And I think Dr John Dixon Senior Research Fellow of the Department of Ancient History at Macquarie University expresses this thought extremely well. Quote, it would be cliched and unfair to accuse the media of a beat-up. I prefer to think of it as an example of journalistic ignorance about Christian origins. I suspect many commentators simply did some quick media maths. Pretty old document in some funny language, plus Dan Brown-like claims, plus Harvard professor equals a newsworthy story about the wife of Jesus. The result is that an unsuspecting public comes away from a news cycle like this with a vague and entirely inaccurate impression that the Jesus of history is entirely up for grabs, that little can be known about his life and ministry. The so-called gospel of Jesus' wife contributes nothing to the field of historical Jesus studies, a field that continues to move forward with greater sophistication and at a slower pace than is ever likely to make the headlines. Unquote. And he goes on to say that he hopes lessons will be learnt from all this, that academics will be slower to make announcements that can be misinterpreted, and that the media and its audiences will be more discerning. I hope he's right. But you know, I cannot believe that about the media. The next time there's an opportunity for some sensational story about Jesus, which will certainly come along whether it be that he was married, or that he was gay, or that he was a spaceman, or whatever, I'm quite sure they'll jump at the chance to make a few more quid. And the truth? Well, the truth can go hang itself. But maybe we the readers 
we the listeners will do as he suggests. And the next time we hear this kind of sensationalism, we'll say to ourselves, nah, probably not. So thank you for spending this time with me, whenever and wherever you happen to be. You have been listening to The Mind Renewed with me, Julian Charles, and I very much look forward to speaking to you again in the near future.